Welcome to Antitrust Code by Concurrence. Concurrence is the leading antitrust database with over 30,000 articles on competition law. Concurrence is also the largest network of antitrust experts with lawyers, economists, enforcers, and academics in 85 countries. By listening to this podcast, you will learn the fundamentals of competition law and hear about the latest antitrust news thanks to our guests, the best experts in the antitrust world. Hello everyone, my name is Samantha Mobley and I'm a partner in Baker McKenzie's foreign investment screening team. I would like to introduce to you Angelica Milger, who is a member of the investment screening at the Federal Ministry of Economic Affairs in Germany. I'd also like to introduce you to my partner, Anahita Toms, who is a foreign investment partner and she's based in our Düsseldorf office. It's a real pleasure to have both of you here today to talk about foreign investment screening in Germany. So uh, perhaps we can start uh, with you, Angelica. Uh, I understand that Germany has very recently further expanded its foreign investment regime. I wonder if you can explain to us the objectives of your regime and also why these latest changes were made. Thank you, Samantha, for the introduction and thank you for having me here today. Of course, there has been a recent uh, change in our investment screening framework in Germany. It's uh, come into force just 1st of May this year, so 10 days now. And it is the last of a number of changes over the past year. Some have been caused by the corona pandemic and other developments that we had to react to. And this now is a big amendment focusing on emerging technologies and further aligning our legal framework with the EU screening regulation, uh, which has introduced some, some new rules or some more specifications that we now have amended to in our legal framework. These new rules, first of all, that's interesting, I think, to um, all your clients. And all these new rules, they apply for all transactions that have been signed on or after the 1st of May. For all transactions before that, the old regime applies still. And to the main changes, we have in Germany two types of investment screening procedures. One is the so-called cross-sectoral screening procedure, where it doesn't matter which sector the company that is uh, bought is working in. And here we have introduced 16 new case groups for which special rules apply. In the general procedure, any, any business, any company can be screened, any transaction, when a share is bought that is at 25% or above. But in these case groups, special rules apply. These are especially sensitive groups and technologies. And before our latest amendment, we had 11 case groups. And now we have introduced 60 new case groups. And these especially focus on further specifying the technologies that are mentioned in the EU screening regulation, such as artificial intelligence, semiconductors, chips, cybersecurity, quantum technologies, 3D printing, and so on. And for these, a special set of rules apply. There's a mandatory notification. A 20% threshold applies to all these new case groups. And there's a prohibition to close the deal before it is approved. And then we have the sector-specific screening procedure, which is, well, historically the first procedure that we had, which focuses on the military sector. We are here, this applicability has been extended to, before only very specific military goods fell under this sector-specific screening procedure. But uh, now, 
This is extended. It includes now all companies that develop or produce products that fall under Part A of the export control list, which is the list of weapons, ammunitions, and defense products. And here also, there's a mandatory notification, a 10% threshold applies, and there's a prohibition to close the deal before it is approved. These are This is like the heart of this newest amendment of our screening framework. And there's a lot of other things that we have done, which I would head under legal housekeeping. Our framework has been established in 2004. So there is quite some things that develop that go differently or things that don't fit anymore. And so we've done a lot of that too. And I think that will make it much easier for us and for the lawyers to actually apply this framework. So quite some change. Wow. Thank you very much. So I I thought what I would ask you now then is perhaps it's too early to tell around what's going to happen as a result of those changes. But typically um, in your practice, in in your casework, what kind of cases do you typically review? Are you able to tell us a little bit about broadly the size of your caseload, the industries that you've been looking at most recently before these changes have come in? And to the extent to which you involve other ministries in the work that you do, Angelica? Uh, Yes, I have, of course, anticipated this and prepared some facts and figures with regard to German investment screening. The first notable fact is that we see a steady increase in cases in the past years. In 2018, we had 78 screening cases, 2019, 106, and in 2020, 160, and 2021 so far, 100. So there's quite a steep increase and without our latest amendment. So we are expecting that there may be another significant rise this year. Prominent business sectors, um, this is a lot of what you would expect. Cases from the defense sector are, of course, always closely looked at by us. With regards to what sectors do our cases typically come from, most numerous cases from one important sector is information and communications technology as a very broad sector. And then traditionally in Germany with our industry, it's also automotive and engineering in general, where we have a lot of cases. And then with regards to recent developments, I would say there has been a steep increase in cases over the past year regarding semiconductors, which is, of course, a strategically relevant technology. And in the health and biotechnology sector, which is, of course, precipitated through the corona crisis, that the sector has become very important. But we have already have seen over the past year, even before corona, a rise in health cases. Presumably, this involves you interacting with other ministries in the work that you do, given those different sectors. Yes, exactly. The German FDI screening follows an interagency approach, as do most international FDI screening regimes. Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs, where I work, is responsible for the procedure as a whole and has to decide which other ministries and agencies are affected in a specific case and to involve these. This is, of course, as you just implied, the technical expertise for assessing a technology, a specific product, a service of a target company, and also the market environment, which is also very relevant to our screening to see if one company, are there alternative suppliers, for example, for for a service. This is outside the expertise of my ministry in a lot of cases. We, of course, involve other divisions in our ministry too, but we need the expertise of other ministries, for example, in the health sector, of course, the Ministry of Health. And But there are, of course, ministries that are across cases involved on a regular basis, such as our foreign office, the Ministry of the Interior and the Ministry of Defense. 
Thank you very much, Angelica. So maybe, Anahita, I can turn to you. I mean, this all seems to me, this is all becoming a bit of a more a tightened framework, perhaps a bit more complexity. I wonder if in your work, you're seeing an increase in the number of deals that need to be notified. And, you know, when it's not a mandatory notification, as it seems to be the case moving forward increasingly, you know, how do you decide whether to approach Angelica's team? Sure, yes, we see a rise in the number of deals which need to be notified and which we actually notify, as Angelica noted, in the numbers that she has shown. And this is actually in various sectors, but also in our work, particularly the health sector. And also, as Angelica knows, I have submitted more filings, in fact, in the past 12 months than in the three years before. So even if you compare it over the years, I have been clearly seeing a rise. And to your second question, when deciding to approach the ministry on a voluntarily basis, our decision actually takes into account various factors, including the product portfolio, which is really key, the customer base, particularly whether there are any governmental authorities who are customers of the target. But after looking at the risk profile, it is also a question whether our client is willing to take the risk of not having legal certainty in the next five years, which is actually the period of time during which the transaction may be reviewed. Yeah, that's quite a long time to be dealing with uncertainty. And Ahita, if I can also ask you, I mean, as you know, the EU adopted a framework regulation last October, which coordinates foreign investment screening across EU member states. And uh, that requires consultation between countries in in relation to cases, you know, across Europe, but also notified in Germany. So how has that affected your work in practice, Anahita? So as a first step, we, of course, had to review how this new EU framework regulation affected our own German filings. And when it comes to the practice, we have always been very proactive in considering in which countries we need to file, sometimes assessing 20 or more jurisdictions at, at a time. So in that regard, it was um, actually reiterated by the EU framework regulation, the importance of starting your foreign investment review assessment very early and take a holistic view also re- um, uh, regionally and not only look into your own ju- jurisdiction. So in the last few months, only I had two cases with the German ministry um, that had to be coordinated with other member states. Um, And this is done actually by the German ministry for us. It's not us reaching out to the other ministries and other countries. And that led in fact to a few days of delay due to the other member states needing to review the case, needing to, to comment on it and bringing that back to the German ministry. And I think that it's fair to say that a few days, as you know, Sam, is bearable in a deal context, but it is key that we continue to have this excellent collaboration and transparency with the German ministry that we have so far, because it's really key to have legal certainty as soon as possible in a transaction. And, you know, of course, we all have a common goal, which is to keep Germany as one of the most attractive countries to invest in. So we really need that certainty early on. Um, 
Well, that's good to hear. Uh, so, Angelica, from, from your perspective, how, how is the coordination working under the EU framework? Well, I would say that we are very happy with the EU screening regulation and with the start of the cooperation mechanism. As you may know, together with Italy and France, Germany actually initiated this EU screening regulation. And the objective was, on the one hand, to have a more concrete framework for national FDI screenings. And on the other hand, to have this cooperation mechanism between the member states, which goes on policy matters as well as on individual cases. This investment screening remains a strictly national administrative procedure, but at the same time, bigger transactions often concern more than one EU member state. There are, for example, subsidiaries in other member states or supply chains. In these cases, it's very helpful to coordinate with other member states and the commission for us, but I think in the end also for the transaction parties and the lawyers so that the same standards apply everywhere and they know what to expect. The whole cooperation mechanism is still relatively new. We started in October 2020. Therefore, it's still early days for a complete assessment, but there will be reviews and uh, on a regular basis. But I expect cooperation to go stronger and increase, especially because right now not all member states have introduced FDI screening mechanism, but more and more member states want to implement this. So they will in future then also participate in the cooperation mechanism. From my perspective, the Commission, as well as the other member states, have done an excellent job at implementing this mechanism. I've been working with colleagues from the Commission and other member states on several cases, and I found it very helpful and productive. But of course, there's still a lot to do. The Commission especially had to hit the ground running because they haven't done investment screening before. But I find that this has been working very well. And I have not noted that there have been any delays in our screening procedures due to the cooperation mechanism. Deadlines are quite tight that the regulation sets. So I don't think any transactions delayed because of the cooperation mechanism. Well, do do keep up the good work. Um, but the one point I did want to ask you about was, you know, given the increase in the number of cases that you mentioned right at the beginning, given coming on board of a number of different member states, there's clearly a risk that the increasing complexity may lead to a need to sort of streamline your procedures. Do you have any developments for the future going forward that you're going to make in order to make sure that you'll still be able to cope efficiently with the, the work going forward? Yes, we are currently working on that. Also, there's a need to streamline procedures more, but there's also the more, the higher the case number is, the more it is possible to actually do digitizing, have a more streamlined approach. So indeed, we're working at the moment on the digitization of our investment screening procedure. We expect the caseload to increase much more, and this will be instrumental in, in handling this caseload. So we, our goal is to implement an, an online system where applicants ideally would be able to do the administration online through a portal and they can register and securely identify themselves and then they could um, handle the whole procedure from there, file their notification. We could then, through the same channel, securely request further information. They could upload further documents and information for us and in the end, hopefully, it would be then even possible to also safely transmit the approval through this channel so that it's hopefully an, an integrated approach. But that is what we're currently working on. And we are hoping that we could switch to this by the end of the year, the beginning of next year. 
But as always with these technical implementations, it is much more difficult in practice than as a layman one would expect uh, beforehand. So, but the first step is already on the way. Within the next weeks, we will introduce an electronic form that can be autom automatically transmitted to our database. So that is the first step. And then we will review also how the relevant stakeholders, such as the lawyers and the transaction parties view this. They see that they have further suggestions to, to make this even better. And then hopefully we can implement this in our online procedure. Sounds great. I note from the UK perspective that our new regime is going to be digital in the way that you've described, sort of right from the start. So that's clearly the, the right direction of travel. Anahita, any other suggestions you've got for the system as, as it moves forward? So first of all, I very much uh, welcome this, this approach. And the German ministry has invited some private practitioners who regularly file submissions to enter into a discussion. And I welcome this outreach as well. I really commend the German ministry for, for taking that approach. What I would actually like to see is that, first of all, that any updates are also sent via email so that you don't have to enter the portal always to see whether there has been a change. We know that way of approach with other ministries and that works quite well. So you're notified via email at the same time as the portal is updated. And, you know, later on, I would also like to see status updates published on that portal. So this would create transparency and we would not need to bother the ministry all the time with simple update calls. Great, perfect. Okay, I have one or two more questions uh, left. So, Angelica, I just wanted to ask you about coordination with foreign and authorities beyond the EU. So I know Germany is part of the G7. Do you have interactions with, for example, you know, the new UK, ISU, US CFIUS, Australian FERB? Yes, of course, we have international formats where we exchange on policies. We have to make a, a distinction there. With regards to individual screening cases, we only share information on a case-specific basis with, within the EU cooperation mechanism, because these information are sensitive, they contain business and trade secrets of the companies and also are considered insider information. So we need a legal basis for sharing this kind of information, which we have with EU screening regulation and now with our national implementation. But outside this, we do not share information on individual screening cases. But of course, there is quite the extensive exchange with, with other investment screening units across the world on policy matters, such as updates on legal frameworks, best practices in FDI screening. And this is very helpful for us because FDI screening faces the same challenges across the world. So buzzwords that I already mentioned, emerging technologies, this is uh, something that everyone has to deal with and has to find a way how do we on the one hand, catch all the cases that we want to catch, but on the other hand, not do it so that the whole, all business sectors and industries suddenly have to mandatory notify us of their filings, because this would burden the, the economy, but it would also overload our system. So that, that is important. And we, we do this also on things like risk assessments. How do others approach this? How uh, do we do risk mitigations? Also enforcement, how do we enforce our decisions? These are things that regardless of the uh, national legal framework challenges that everyone who 
does FDI screening faces. So these exchanges take place multilaterally, for example, in the G7 and also in the OECD. Within the EU, we have the expert group that was established in EU screening regulation that meets regularly. And on the other hand, we also have bilateral exchanges with other countries that do FDI screening such as the US, the UK, Australia. And in addition to this, we often also are approached by, by countries that have young investment screening regimes or that want to introduce regimes and that ask around, approach different countries with established FDI regimes and ask for the experiences, how do things work, how is the legal framework. So, And it's always very interesting. We always are eager to learn more from others. I'm sure others are eager to learn from you as well. So that's been fascinating. I'm just going to ask each of you if you've got any final thoughts or remarks, perhaps Anahita first. Thank you, Sam. No, I think that the elaborate German foreign investment review assessments have been, you know, very challenging for some clients of ours. So it's very much important that, you know, you start your analysis early on you collaborate with the competent authorities and strategize very early on with your colleagues to make sure that in all relevant jurisdiction you make the filings so that you are highly efficient and effective. Thank you. And Helena, you have the last word. Thank you so much. Maybe just um, this. Yeah, FDI screening is a very interesting and dynamic field of work, and I'm very happy to be part of it. And I think that the work with the uh, investors, the target companies and their representatives, so uh, lawyers such as Anahita, is very productive and cooperative. This helps find solutions, good solutions for everyone in, in difficult cases. And I hope we can keep up and deepen this spirit of cooperation. Thank you so much for having me here today. It was very interesting and I would be happy to do this again sometime. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you both very much indeed for, for your views and spending time with me today. You listened to an episode of Antitrust Code by Concurrence. If you want to read more about this topic, check the Concurrence website where you can find all relevant articles. Follow us on Twitter at Competition Laws and join the Concurrence group on LinkedIn to receive updates on our next podcast.